Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me up when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Hey, this is Jeff Pilson, and you are listening to Talking Metal, one of my favorites. Mark Striegel, John Astronomy, the Talking Metal Podcast, coming to you from the Silver Spacecraft. I'm Bud Friendly, and now your hosts, Mark and John. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of Talking Metal. I'm here at our usual haunt with uh, Mark Striegel, and I'm really excited about the interview we have coming up with the one and only Jeff Pilson. Yeah, it was great meeting up with Jeff in Morristown, New Jersey. I, I actually felt that Jeff was a little bummed that you weren't at the interview. He said, oh, it's just you tonight, and I said, uh, yeah, he's like, no, John. I was totally bummed that I wasn't at the interview, too. And, uh, Jeff, I hope to uh, hook up with you at some point soon. I had a class. Believe it or not, I am in uh, more computer classes. And and then the class went late, and unfortunately my uh, transportation from Manhattan out to Jersey to the show fell through, and uh, I wasn't able to make it. Yeah. Well, you missed a great show and a a fun interview with, with Jeff. Jeff is currently out touring with Foreigner, the great Foreigner. He's been with them almost... 10 years, I think he said, 9, 10 years. Well, I, we talk about it in the interview, so stay tuned for that. We talk about a lot of great stuff in the interview, actually. Dio, Dokken, um, his work with Steven Adler, lots of great stuff. So stay tuned for the interview coming up in just a little bit. You know what I just thought of? It would be really great to, even if we had to fly out to L.A. or wherever, to get Jeff involved in a Talking Metal Jam. It would be, and he is such a great bassist, a great songwriter, a great guitar player, and a great singer. I mean, what a voice on this guy. We're going to hear a song from TNN in a little bit that Jeff actually sings. But right now, let's get into some classic Jeff Pilson. This is a song he wrote with George Lynch. It's called Just Got Lucky.
sound sample of Just Got Lucky by Dokken, featuring the writing talents of Jeff and George Lynch. And, man, Tooth and Nail, that was a great, great record. So cool. Metal was so cool back then. Yeah, Tooth and Nail, actually the second record by Dokken, but it's the, it's the record that I discovered Dokken with, and then I, I went back and, and listened to Breaking the Chains which, of course, Jeff wasn't on that record. But anyways, uh, Tooth & Nail, the first record with Jeff Pilsen for Dokken. And Jeff does a lot of great songwriting on that. Uh, That song, Just Got Lucky, that we just heard a sound sample of. Uh, He co-wrote with uh, Lynch, that song, and he co-wrote Alone Again with Don. And a lot of great writing by by Pilsen. Uh, Not only was he the bass player at Dokken, some great backing vocals from him, and also some great songwriting from from Jeff. And we are just honored that we finally, 419 episodes uh, in, have caught up with Jeff Pilsen. Yeah, I'm trying to think of when I first got into Dokken. And believe it or not, it was the Breaking the Chains video that I saw first. Uh, but I didn't have the the uh, first Dokken album. But then I got Tooth and Nail. And uh, one of my friends, uh, his name is Mike Corsi, was uh, an ama- and still is a great guitar player. And uh, George Lynch was his favorite guitarist. So um, our bands always played Dokken songs. Yeah, and they were such good songs, such good songs. Uh, Jeff has done so much. There was a lot I wanted to talk to him about that I didn't really have time to. It's about a 20-minute interview. And again, he was getting ready to go on stage with a foreigner. Um, so there's a few things I apologize that we don't cover. Stuff like uh, his work with Benedictum, the band. Stuff like his work with Michael Shanker. We just didn't have time to get to those. But next time, we'll talk to Jeff about that stuff. Uh, he's uh, He's done so much, and we definitely try to touch on uh, a lot of it in this interview by the music that you hear on today's episode all the sound samples that you're hearing of jeff's music like just got lucky that we heard earlier in the episode by going to talking metal using those links to open your itunes and it'll take you right to all the songs you hear on today's episode like just got lucky by Dokken, tnn and you know lynch pilsen all the all the music you're hearing on today's episode is uh is linkable and downloadable by going to TalkingMetal.com and using those iTunes links to open iTunes. And any purchase you make once you've used those links, once you're in iTunes, if you buy a movie or a record of somebody else, uh, you know, once you've used that link, those Talking Metal links, to open iTunes, we get credit on all those. So uh, do all your iTunes shopping through Talking Metal. And right now, let's get into a little TNN and then into the Jeff Pilsen interview. Can't you see? 
Hey, this is Mark Striegel, and we are backstage in Morristown, New Jersey with Jeff Pilsen. He is getting ready to play a gig here with Foreigner tonight. And the song you just heard was called Slave to the Empire, off of T and N, the first album and only album at this point from you guys. Plans for any more records with those with those friends of yours? I know it only came out nine months ago, but... There, there certainly are uh, plans for another one. Um, actually, we already have seven more songs, not quite finished, but in the can, where Mick Brown and George and I uh, played on them. There, there are seven more Dawkins songs, um, because the next record we plan on doing the same thing, about half new stuff and half uh, Dawkins covers. So we've got several more Dawkins songs already started. And George and I are probably going to start writing in the fall. I mean, uh, the next couple of months are crazy for me on the road. Uh, but September and October are a little less busy, and we're hoping to do some writing then. Excellent. And when you say writing, the new songs will include you doing the lead again? So far. <laughs> I mean, you never know what surprise. I mean, the, the kind of the cool thing about TNN is anything sort of goes. Uh, but, yeah, that, that would be the plan to start with and, you know, see if anything else develops. from. But, but yeah, that's, that's kind of the plan. Cool. Yeah, you got a great voice, and I know you've done singing in the past, but I hadn't heard you sing for a while until this record, and it's refreshing to uh, hear you doing some lead vocals, and you're comfortable in the role of lead vocalist? I, I am. I, yeah, absolutely. And um, in fact, that's one of the, for me, one of the big elements of TNN is I get that outlet, uh, both as a singer and, and, you know, the writing portion that I get to do with, with George is great, too. I mean, we we would love writing together even if somebody else was singing or even if other people were playing but but the fact is that we get to play that we that I get to sing that we get to work all that stuff together that that's really the the genesis and the the heart and soul of TNN so um yeah it's I mean it's, it's a wonderful role for me I love it awesome and in the video to that song and I'm sure on the recorded record album CD version of the song too Brian Tishy is handling drums on the title track there where did you first meet Brian where did I first meet Brian? God, I don't remember where I first met him because I've known him for a while now. But, um, but you know, he was he was in he uh, started <clears throat> helping us out in Foreigner in about 2006, I believe. He started substituting for Jason. He had been in Foreigner, but before I was in Foreigner, I think he was in like in the late 90s or early 2000s, and. Um, uh, so he started subbing at that, like I say, in 2006. And that's when I, I started getting close with him. And uh, then in 2007, uh, when Jason got involved in the whole Led Zeppelin thing, you know, Brian came in and subbed for us for quite a while. And then when Jason left in 2008, uh, I believe Brian came back in 2009 for, I think, almost a year, maybe even over a year. Um, so, I mean, I've done a lot of working with him now since then. But I love Brian, such an amazing drummer, such an amazing musician. Um, you know, I've seen him pick up a guitar and start shredding too. He's a he's he's an unbelievable musician. I mean, he he did some writing on the TNN record with us. Um, he's just a phenomenal talent, and so working. I mean, he and George and I as a rhythm section for the new stuff was kind of a no brainer. It was great. Yeah, cool. And tour dates for TNN. I know you're so busy. I can't believe how busy you are. You got so much yeah, stuff going. on. I mean, honestly, we're we we've been talking about it. We're trying to set something up for some time in 2014. It's it's very difficult to do because of my my schedule and, and George's too, for that matter. Um, and Mick Brown because uh, if we tour, we would probably like to tour with Mick Brown. And you know, he works with Ted a lot. So so finding the right time is very very difficult. But we're working on it. It's a work in progress. I hope it happens because I would love to see it happen. If it didn't, it's not the end of the world because really, like I say, the main goal of TNN is to just be able to write and make records together. But it would really be special if we could take it that extra step and, and do some live shows. That would be great. We would love to see you guys live doing the new songs and some of those classic Dawkins songs. That would be a lot of fun. Let's talk about you as a producer, I guess, slash engineer, I'm assuming. Kill Devil Hill, two legendary heavy metal guys mm -hmm. in that band. One who, you, of course, you've you've done some playing with uh, mm -hmm. back in the Dio days and whatnot. Um, let's talk about Kill Devil Hill. You guys are recording a second record now. Yes, we're we're recording and nearly finished the recording process. Actually, Monday, the day after tomorrow. Sh uh, I think that's the. Is that no? What's today? Friday. Today's Friday. Okay, so sorry, Monday, three days from now. Um, 
we uh, we should be finishing up, and um, and then it starts to get mixed, and it's going to be mixed by Jay Rustin, great, great, great mixing engineer. It's just this project has been so amazing. I mean, wait till you hear the music. The band is on fire. They have they're all great musicians. The singer is phenomenal. He is he's like from another planet. He's just wonderful. He can scream and do all that, but he can really sing as well. He's he's got one of the most diverse, wide-ranging voices I've worked with and he's He's got a voice that just sends shivers down my spine. I mean, he can, he can do everything, and he's and he's got a great sounding voice. He's a great guy. They they're great writers. We've had really inspired sessions. They're they're all playing amazing. Vinny and Rex, ridiculous. It's an album that I think Kill Devil Hill fans will be very happy with. But I think it's also going to reach a much wider audience. It's really 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 strong music. Cool. And for you talking metal listeners who don't know Kill Devil Hill, of course, that's Vinnie Apice and Rex Brown. So two major heavy metal hard rockers there that Jeff is working with. We can't wait to hear the stuff. And just wanted to quickly mention some of the other production work you've done, I assume, in, in your studio, which is that in your house? Yeah, it, yeah it's, it, it's next to my house. It's attached to it. But yes. You had Steven Adler there yeah. a year, two years ago, and you did a record with him called Back from the Dead. How was that whole experience? Oh, fabulous. It was great. Steven, not, not only is a dear friend, but um, he was just on fire. He's got this great band. I mean, they're, they're amazing. I mean, singer, phenomenal. Guitar player, amazing. Great writers. Uh, and Steven was just on fire the whole time. I mean, you know, there, there really is something about his playing that when he is dialed in and zoned into a track and feels it. He does something to the music that you can't put into words, but it just adds this excitement level. I mean, there's a reason why Appetite for Destruction... I mean, there's many reasons why Appetite for Destruction is great, but but there is no question Stephen's a big part of that because his the energy element that he adds to it, it's so... Like I say, you can't put it into words. You could never write it down on paper, but it's there. It's magic. And you, when he connects you can feel it when the guys are tracking and there it is there it is you know and so it was an amazing experience um really really wonderful record it was very well received i was very excited about that we're hoping that it can get on a major label sometime soon because it deserves to be and it's great it's funny because frank ferrer i don't know if you know who that is he plays drums for guns and roses now and he told me he said almost verbatim what you just said that the one of the reasons appetite is so great is the way Stephen plays drums, and yeah. he just has this incredible feel and and swing. I think Frank told yeah. me that that uh, really helped make that such a great record. Now, we want to talk to you about working with uh, the one and only, the late great Ronnie James Dio. You were a big part of his band. I, I think from about 1993 to 2000, and then again you came back for um, the Master of the Moon album, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Any Dio memories you can share with us? I'm sure there's a lot, but um, how, how did you first? Let's talk about when you first met up with Dio and started working with on material with him. Uh, how did that all come about? Well, I mean, I've known I'd known Ronnie for for several years. I mean, you know, Dokken had done several tours with them in the earlier '80s, so you know, yeah, he, he was a big supporter of Dokken, wasn't he? He was. I mean, we uh, our second tour, which the Tooth and Nail tour. And his last in line tour. I mean, you know, we toured together for several months, and he was he was great with us. Um, but and 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 in the process, he became a very good friend and very good friend. So um, one day, this would have been early '93, I'm guessing. Um, I had been working with Don and Mick. Uh, you know, we had been writing, and you know, it was looking like it was not turning into a Doc and Reunion. So I was kind of losing interest, I, I will say. We, you know, we had some other guitar players came in, but like Don and I would play the rhythms. And, and we, were, we were basically writing. A lot of the material later became the, the album um, Dysfunctional that Doc and did a couple years later. But anyways, um, so one day Ronnie and Vinny showed up at my door, just showed up at my door. They were rehearsing literally down the street, so it wasn't like it was a big deal. But they just showed up at the door and said, hey, we're just, we're just here. And, you know, we're just wondering, you know, do you know of any – bass players that might want to, you know, join up. And I said, yeah, me. And they right. said, really? And, and um, I said, yeah. I, I said, 
I, I'd really, they, it was, they said, well, do you want to go jam? And I said, yeah, I'd love to, except for I'm, I'm trying to figure out my sprinklers in the backyard. And Vinny, who is very handy, and Ronnie is, was handy too, pretty much, but Vinny especially. They said, well, well show us what's wrong. So we went in the backyard, and I said, well, this one's not working. And literally the two of them, in about five minutes, just fixed my sprinklers. Okay, let's go play. <laughs> so, <laughs> so once the sprinklers were fixed, we went and played and started working on material. And it was instantaneous they had two songs already that they were working on which i loved and we just started jamming and the whole strange highways album essentially came about i would say every song came about just from us jamming just that's where it all started and we would play you know sometimes for hours at a time and then ronnie would say "Ah, i like that you know and and then we'd record it we'd work on the arrangement and then he'd take it home and work on the lyrics, and come back the next day, and then we'd hash it all out. And it was it was just, it was really the traditional way of writing. Something I miss terribly in music right now is I loved that. You know, where you'd show up at a, a rehearsal place, you'd jam, you'd come up with ideas, you'd work on them. That was Bounce great. ideas off each other oh, live. It was, yeah. it was so wonderful. It was, that was really, really fun. And um, so anyways, that was that was how that whole process started. And it was uh, from beginning to end. My experiences with Dio were just some of the my, some of the best of my career. Now you played on the Master of the Moon album, his final mm-hmm. studio album. Mm-hmm. But I remember seeing that tour. I think Rudy was playing mm-hmm. bass on the tour. Why, why right. didn't you do the tour with other commitments? Or? Well, <laughs> right when they, I mean, they they had asked me to tour, of course, and and uh, I would have loved to. But it was right when we had decided to have our first child, my wife and I. Wow. So I was planning on staying off the road. And in fact, I was starting to do production and doing well enough that I wouldn't have had to play. So I, uh, you know, I opted out. And they were really cool about it. They totally understand. Oh, yeah, you're having a kid. We get it and everything. So I was home for until <laughs> Foreigner called. And, and Foreigner, when they first called, they said, well, you know, it's only going to be weekend work. I said, oh, well, that's fine. I don't mind that. So, <laughs> well... <laughs> Didn't work out that way. <laughs> and, and how did was this was when Jason Bonham was was in Foreigner? So is he the one who kind of reached out to you? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. He and I had been in the movie Rockstar together and had a great rapport. Um, so yeah, they they called me up when when he and Mick Jones decided to start working together. They called me up and they said, you know, would you interest be interested? And I said, of course. I I had always been a big Foreigner fan. Um, so, uh, and like I said, it was, it was just going to be weekends at first. So, <laughs> but then, you know what, once the band started and once everything came together, it was just too powerful and it just boom, entered into full time before you know it. And that's been 10 years already, right? You've been with four. Well, nine. Yeah. Nine, yeah. And back in 2009, you did a, did a record with foreigner can't slow down and one of the producers involved was this real hotshot producer, now Mark Ronson, who's done people like Bruno Mars, uh, Amy Winehouse, Christina Aguilera, even Lil Wayne. What was it like working with Mark? Did you have any direct contact with him? Or? Absolutely zero. It was only Mick and Kelly that actually worked with him, and it was it was on the the one song. Um, He's kind of like mixed stepson, or he is yeah. mixed stepson. Not even kind of. Yeah. He absolutely yeah. is yeah. mixed stepson. Um, so, I, so I, I wish I'd had, I'd love to have, I mean, I, I've met him and everything, but I've, I have not worked with him, which I would love to do. But, um, but uh, everything that I heard is it was a very smooth and kind of easygoing situation. So, yeah. Cool. About four or five years ago, we were out in L.A., and we got invited down to Don Dockin's studio, and he was doing, uh, it was, at the time he was doing a, album called lightning strikes again he was playing us mixes from it and he kept telling me um this is going to be a classic docking record it's going to have the classic docking sounds i've gone back and revisited the old records and i'm making a classic docking record and i smiled and of course it sounded cool and i was enjoying myself in the studio with him but the one thing i wanted to say which i didn't have the nerve to say to him is there's two people missing from the record for it to be a classic docking record uh, and that would be, of course, you and and George, who were, you know, besides playing on the record, a big so- part of the songwriting team. And would there be ever any chance that that we could have one more truly classic Dokken record with the classic lineup? It's not impossible at all. Um, yes, there's a chance. I mean, really, I think the only 
because I mean we're we're all friendly enough now that that you know we're kind of past all those barriers. Really, the the trickiest thing now would be timing. Is you know I mean. <laughs> it was hard enough to squeeze the time in to do the TNN record, let alone um, a docking record, which would be a pretty big commitment. And we would be expected to tour it. And it would, you know, I mean, I can't imagine doing a record and not touring it with them. Um, so that kind of commitment, I have a hard time imagining when anytime soon it could happen. But I would not at all put it out of the realm of possibility. Um, I think, I know Don and I, because we've both talked about it, have both have feelings like there's some unfinished business there. Is he, uh, is, uh... Him and his family live in New Mexico. Oh, really? Oh, okay, okay. Sure. No, no, no biggie. Um, so it's not out of the realm of possibility. It's, it, like I say, if somebody could invent the 48-hour day, we'd, we'd be on it. Right. <laughs> so you mentioned that you guys are all on fairly good terms now. Have you spoken with Don lately? Or do you hear from him? Um, emails? Anything? I, I, got, I got an email from him not too terribly long ago and my wife got one from him several weeks ago with a picture of his new dog. Why she got it and not me, I don't know. But <laughs> but yeah, actually, um, yeah, I mean, it, it would be all friends. I mean, really, I, I I think it's safe. I know George has run into him but, you know, they've done gigs together and, you know, everything's fine from that respect. So, um, yeah, we're past that. And, you know, I mean, I, I think I remember texting him on New Year's or something, and I didn't hear back, or I guess that's when he emailed my I don't know. I, I don't remember. Anyways, yeah, we're friendly. And his birthday's coming up. I plan on, you know, at least sending him some kind of a email card or something. <laughs> right now I'm reading a book, uh, Stephen Piercy's book, and there's I'm about halfway through it. And there's so many great stories, and there's so many different characters from the, you know, even late 70s and 80s hard rock heavy metal world that weave their way into his book. And as I was reading it today, I was thinking, man, Jeff should write a book because there's just so many people you have worked with, so many, you know, the, the we'd love to hear, you know, a book worth of old docking stories from those days. Is that something you probably have no time, I'm sure, but is it something you'd ever consider maybe when things settle down? I do love to write. I do love to write. So it's, it's, uh, that, that too is not out of the realm of possibility. And you're right. There's no way I can do it right now because I mean, right. Like, you know, I also have just produced the Starship record, which, which was, I believe going to be coming out probably in the fall. Um, and you know, I mean, I wrote eight of the songs on it. And, and so, I mean, even when I'm on the road, I'm usually working on things with my mobile studio or listening to mixes or doing stuff like that. So, I don't, but I do have the desire to write a book. I actually do. And it would, I, I, I already kind of in my mind have a skeleton of what I'd like it to be, the gist of it to be. Um, so yeah, maybe someday. We're going to end with a song called Breath and a Scream off the Wicked Underground record. Any memories of working on that record? Yeah. Although it was you and George. That was George and I again. Yeah, it was kind of, kind of TNN under a different uh, <laughs> um, you know what it was great it was it was at a time when I was doing a lot of productions I, again 2003 right around the time I did Master of the Moon with Dio um, so there was a lot of uh, stuff going on when we were doing it but um, it was really a lot of fun um, again it was when George and I really reconnected in a way that we knew oh yeah this chemistry is there um, and every time we do that we end up you know, getting into a creative surge. So, um, once again, just working with George is one of my favorite things in the world. And so, you know, what can I say? I think the results speak for themselves. <laughs> Excellent. Thanks so much, Jeff. I convinced myself as I lie awake, it's all in my head. And I fight to feel.
Hey, that was a little George Lynch and Jeff Pilson. Mark, who were you sitting next to at the concert? Yeah, at the Foreigner concert, I sit down in, in seats uh, or a seat that uh, Jeff had provided me. Uh, it was all hooked up. It was you would have loved it. The VIP passes. I could go. I was out walking on the stage before they went on. It was great. Um, but I, I sat next to uh, some people. I said hello to. They they were, seemed friendly. And I said, Oh, how'd you get? I said, Did I said how'd you get these seats? Because they had passes on too. And they were like, Oh, Jeff Pilson hooked us up. Uh, our son is Brian Tishy. Uh, who played in Foreigner, who you know uh, from the Berkeley days, who we've, I actually interviewed once on Talking Metal, and, and we spoke a little bit about Brian, and uh, I guess uh, he's still very friendly with Jeff, and uh, his dad was really cool. I like Brian Tishy's dad. We were talking rock and roll and uh, talking Berkeley, talking about Rob Bailey, rock and Rob, he called him, so it was kind of cool. Yeah, you know what? The funniest thing is there was some scenario once where Brian was in a car going somewhere with my parents and I wasn't there and I I don't even know how that happened I think it was probably through Rob Bailey and it was right around the time that I was uh, in my graduation ceremony from Berkeley Um, cool thing uh, about Brian and I'm bummed out that I didn't get to see him because I was actually in uh, Pennsylvania or maybe I was in Brian wasn't there it was just his parents right but uh, there was a thing where he was putting together this concert called um, Bonzo Bash yeah and uh, yeah, I was talking to Brian's dad about that actually. Yeah, yeah Matt Starr, who's uh, you know in Ace's band, uh, the drummer uh, was part of that, and you know Brian also just a little aside played a track on uh, played on a track on Anomaly, and uh, but it was really cool. I helped those guys get rehearsals at Gibson, and they brought in all these drum sets and it, like they. Like did rehearsals for the Bonzo Bash there, so but now, I, I didn't Bonzo get. Bonzo Bash was is that a, there was a tour right? Because I know the one in Englewood, New Jersey, is what I was talking to Brian Tishy's dad about, and, and Portnoy showed up to that one. I don't know if he was an actual part of the tour or he just showed up to that because it's kind of local for him. Who, who, oh. Mike Portnoy. Oh, cool, very cool. Yeah, um, yeah, they did like a few gigs. I think they did like a Long Island gig, a Jersey gig, and then they had a. a LA version of it, and they they might have done like uh, like a whole bunch of tour dates. So uh, it's a very cool thing. Peter Chris won an award at it. So nice. Let's announce our big venture. We're not exactly sure what it is yet, but you want to talk a little bit about at least the title, the name of it. Absolutely, Mark. Thanks for letting me uh, do this. It's a very cool thing. The new venture is called Talking Metal Digital, and uh, some of you may have. Uh, seen something on Facebook about it. Uh, it's just uh, in the early stages, but uh, it's going to be something that's very, very cool. Yeah, we envision it being a live radio stream, which is already happening. If you go to TalkingMetal.com, you'll see the live 365 player, and you can listen to Talking Metal Digital, uh, stream all sorts of music all day. Sometimes Victor jumps on there live. That's Victor Ruiz from Mars Attacks. Sometimes I'm on there live. Soon, hopefully, John will be joining us. You've been on there live, actually, already. Yeah, so you'll hear the three of us occasionally jump on live. That'll be happening more and more as time goes on. And uh, there's just great music playing. We, we rerun some older classic episodes of Talking Metal. We have a thing called Talking Metal Tuesday on the stream where you get new and old episodes of Talking Metal mixed in with great music. We may be bringing back the Talking Metal Tuesday live show at some point this summer. Well, just trying to figure out how technically to make that work. We've been doing some live stuff Friday evening. So check out Talking Metal Digital, available on Live 365 Internet Radio, and you can get that by going to TalkingMetal.com or MarsAttacksRadio.com. Talking Metal Digital eventually might grow into like a podcasting network. We're not sure yet. We're looking into that, and uh, we're just having some fun fun with it right now. So stay tuned for more details on Talking Metal Digital. And go like our Facebook page, which is Facebook.com slash TalkingMetalDigital. And also just like the regular Talking Metal page, too, um, which I'll link through today's show notes. Donnie G checked in. Remember that crazy guy, Donnie G? I hadn't heard from this guy in years. He says, cool, great, great episode. Good morning, bro. Just got done listening to the Lydia Chris episode. Thanks. What a great listen, Donnie G. That guy was crazy, Donnie G, and I assume he still is. I'm glad he's back in the Talking Metal fold after being absent for a number of uh, a number of years really and john we got some 
generous PayPal donations kicking in. You want to read any of those PayPal notes that came in? Yeah, man. Uh, we got a $10 donation from uh, Rob Hillier, um, and he is from the U.K. Rob, thank you very, very much for that. Like, we, we can't thank you guys enough. We got another $10 donation from – who is this one from? This one's from – Jonathan Lilly, and he is also from the U.K. Very, very cool. Uh, yeah, and he writes a little note, too. Okay, let me read that. It says, uh, hey, tough call on what song to choose. Uh, if it's metal enough, I'll go for Kings and Queens by Aerosmith. If that isn't heavy enough for you, I'll go for Virtual Death by Black Sabbath or Brave New World by Iron Maiden. Both great songs as well uh, as great bands. If you want something more obscure, I'm a massive Buckethead fan, so a weird track by him would be great. Also, Reborn, the Damage Plan track that featured Zach Watt. I always thought that this was an underrated album. Just pick your favorite from any of these. Cheers, Jonathan. Hey, uh, thanks both of you guys. Yeah, do you want to pick one of those? Maybe Reborn. That's kind of uh, the one with Zach and... and... Yeah, yeah. Reborn uh, by Damage Plan uh, featuring Zach Wilde would be a great tune. And uh, yeah, that was a great album. just heard was a little damage plan as requested by jonathan lily lily lily, lily yeah john and, and you write jonathan i should say you write in your uh, note that you used to be on the forums when those existed as tune guns and let's see i hope we you we can catch up with you guys sometime in new york oh cool yeah it'd be cool if you're in town we'd love to grab a beer with you if we're available and if you're available let us know and i know you just started a travel website with your Peruvian wife. It is G-O-A-N-D-E-S dot com. I'll try to remember to link that travel website. The Peruvian uh, travel website through our show notes today. Thanks for the donation, Jonathan. And and also, Rob. Yeah, did, now did Rob request a song? Let's go back here. Um, 
Yeah, and of course, Rob. Rob, thank you for your donation. It says, Mark and John love the show. It's kept me going through six months of rehab after a hip operation. Check out a band from my hometown in the U.K. called Jet Black and a track called Raining Rock featuring none other than Udo. They supported Ace a while back, I believe, in the U.K. Do you know that band? That must have been on the tour right before I started working with Ace, but very, very cool. Um, yeah, Rob, thanks again. Uh, I think it's very cool. We got uh, some donations from the U.K. Very, very cool. You guys uh, keeping metal alive over there. So why don't we get into... Do we have that track? Yeah, I got it. Oh, okay. So let's hear a little bit of Raining Rock from Jet Black. The rumble of rain A wail on the wind And the voice of pain So I step outside to find it's raining Rock and roll The air is getting heavy The metal is cold to touch The sky turns from blue to black And breathing becomes too much So I step outside to find it's raining rock and roll Here I step outside to find it's raining rock and roll That's going to wrap it up for today's episode. A big thanks to Jeff Pilsen. Remember, any track you hear on today's show can be purchased on iTunes. Go use the iTunes links on Talking Metal to open iTunes. Also use our Amazon links. You guys know how that works. Those are very, very helpful for us. Uh, Go use those links. And what else? Buy a T-shirt on in, I should say, the store section on TalkingMetal.com. We've got great, great response, at least I did, on my Facebook page from the uh, Lydia Chris interview that John hooked up. So uh, thanks for hooking that up and some great stories from not only Lydia, but John, too. <laughs> thanks. Yeah, it was really fun. I almost forgot we were doing a podcast. It was just great to talk about all the cool stuff that we were doing with Lydia. And it was really cool to uh, bring it to all of you guys. And it's really a, a wild thing that both Mark and I have a history uh, with Lydia, uh, being that we're uh, both such big Kiss fans. We're going to end with a track by a sound sample, I should say, because we don't, we're generally kind of 
moving away from playing full tracks on the actual podcast for numerous reasons, which maybe I'll explain to you later. We play sound samples because we want you guys to go buy and support the, the artists and buy their music on iTunes. If you listen to the live stream, you will hear all these tracks in full, in rotation, on Talking Metal Digital. But on the podcast, it's just sound samples. So this is a sound sample of Magnus Rising, the title track off their new record. Michael Martin reminded me that we played them a few years ago, and uh, he let me know that they have a new record out. So thank you, Michael, for that info, because I love this record. It's Magnus Rising, and again, this is the title track, Whatever It Takes. <laughs> 